Hello, everybody. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind you all that we are brought to you today by Elite Sweets. Elite Sweets is redefining the way we think about sweets with their Elite Donuts. The Elite Donut is a better-for-you donut that is packed with 13 grams of protein. It's gluten-free, keto-friendly, and only contains one gram of sugar. That's right, one gram of sugar, protein-packed, It's got all the things you need in a healthy treat, but it tastes just like a donut. Um, A little hack, I keep mine in the fridge, and then me and my wife, we pop them in the microwave for, you know, 10 10 seconds uh, after they're out of the microwave. Uh, You just put them on a plate, and I'm telling you, it's like a donut fresh out of Krispy Kreme. They are truly delicious. You guys got to check them out. You will love them. If you want to give Elite Sweets a chance at their donuts, you can head on over to EliteDonut.com or you can head over to Amazon. They are available on both. They are the number one selling donut on Amazon. And you guys can get 30% off today by using code ShaneWhite30 on either EliteDonut.com or Amazon. The code ShaneWhite30 works on both. So check them out. Today's show is also excuse me, brought to you by Routine. When we sleep, we lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water expelling vapors, sweating, uh, et cetera. When we wake up, most of us go and grab that cup of coffee straight up, straight up and after bed. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but with the days I do that, now I notice how much more dehydrated I get right away by just drinking coffee first thing in the morning. Routine came up with a proprietary product called Morning Routine. And each packet of Morning Routine contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. You just tear one of these packs and dump it into 20 ounces of water, and you're good to go. It's part of my morning routine. Uh, It's part of what I call my morning cocktail. I have a packet of routine, some pre-workout, and kind of get my day going and sip both of those, get hydrated, and get ready for the day. Um Honestly, I love them, and I'm addicted to them. I have one every single morning, and I think you guys will love it too if you give it a shot. Routine also has other products such as green superfoods, vitamin D, apple cider vinegar gummies, and elderberry gummies. You can head over to yourroutine.com, and I have all these links for Routine and Elite in the show notes. And if you go to yourroutine.com and use code ShaneWhite30 at checkout, you'll receive 30% off your first order. All right, everybody, I am pumped today to introduce you to Ari Galper. Ari is changing the way people think about the sales process. So for any of you out there who have wanted to start a business, you are starting a business, maybe you already did, or you just you know have a job where selling anything, whether it's internal or external, is part of what you do, I think this episode will be beneficial for you. Ari breaks down a lot of the... Um, I guess the reasons behind why the sales process has always been the sales process. When you think of sales, just like that first thought you have that comes into your head of what you expect from a salesman or a saleswoman. Um, he is trying to flip that on its head. So without further ado, give it up for Ari. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. 
I am pumped today to have Ari Galper on the podcast. Ari, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. Before we started recording, I was we were talking about uh, where you're at. You are based out of Australia, so it's bright and early for you in, in the afternoon for me. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on here first thing in the morning. Sure. Yeah, I probably caught the accent. I'm from California originally, from San Diego. Okay. And, yeah, nice. Uh, I've been in Sydney now for about 18 years. Now, I, uh, I'm actually from Santa Barbara. So funny story there. We're both from California. That's cool. Is um, what brought you to Australia before we dive in? Uh, I met my wife on, online on a dating site. This is 18 pre- years. Pre- well, how pre- many swiping. years ago? Free swiping. This is I was going to say. Like photo and just content. And then she emails me. She's living in Los Angeles at the time in LA. And I'm in San Diego where we dated there. And then we came out here and then got married. And the whole story behind that. But now we've been here for 18 years. It's been great. Loving it. That's awesome. And do you, how would you explain Australia to people who are in the U.S.? Because most of our listeners are U.S. based. So how how would you give everyone the background? Look, it's a little more laid back, but still coming up quick in terms of uh, intensity and focus and success. But uh, it's like San Diego used to be back in the 70s and 80s. Pretty, pretty mellow and beautiful, relaxed, Um, less fast paced. But of course, it's catching up now with the world. But um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it here. And I run the whole business virtually from here and all is good. Awesome. No, I love that. It's a place I got to check out. Um, as we dive in, wanted to thank you. You've sent me your books and there's even more upstairs. Would you mind giving everyone first and foremost, a little background into you and really what you work on today? Yeah. So I've specialized in tr- a niche called trust-based selling which I've only been working on for the last 20 years and nothing else is all I've been doing, uh, coaching thousands of owners, businesses, and entrepreneurs, advisors on exactly how to remove the chasing game from their process, how to not get dehumanized with people who don't tell you the truth and not play the numbers game anymore, how to get to the sale quicker, faster, without giving up your integrity and your authenticity in a whole unique way, which I'll share with you today. Um, and it's been a really revolution in the industry for many, many years, and it keeps growing. And it's about, you know, catching up with the times and deconditioning yourself from the past. So it's, it's a real shift, and hopefully I'll drop some bombs today. Awesome. No, I love that. Uh, I, I thought it'd be interesting to have you on. We, we have a mutual connection that introduced us. And, uh, you know, it's funny, a lot of people that listen to this, I would say like the typical guests that I've had on in the last year or so, a lot of it has been in the CPG space and really more on the, the founder side. So hearing a lot of the story of going from zero to one. Um, when I heard about you and, and looked into your background, I thought it was really interesting was you've done a lot of work on the consultancy side of things, and which is a little bit different. I thought for the audience, it'd be a really cool way to, to learn a little bit about a little bit of a you know different side of, of the business sphere. Um, sure. So could you dive into a little bit of just like, what does that mean? Because I think one thing that's been pretty, pretty um, open and honest with a lot of the guests and a lot of the brands we've had on here is a lot of the brands are better for you. They try to be authentic. They have a real purpose uh, for the product. They're, they're solving a real problem. Um, and it seems like your methodology kind of goes hand in hand with that. Uh, it seems like trust-based selling kind of speaks for itself, but we'd love to know a little bit more about like what that actually means. Yeah, so it might be helpful if you want to show the story behind it. There's a story yeah, that'd there. be great. Oh, hell yeah, that'd be perfect. So uh, about 20 years ago, I was a uh, soft, I was a sales manager in a software company, and we launched the first online website tracking data collection tools. Now it's called Google Analytics. Mm, and that's okay, I've heard of that before. Yeah, it's, it's free now, but now, back then actually cost money in the old days. And I was managing 18 people underneath me, salespeople, and a fast-growing company at the time. Internet's taken off. 
And so uh, the leads that came across my desk were the big opportunities. And as one lead came, called their office, I got the call, big company and really nice guy. He says, Ari, we're looking to your product. Would you, you know, can we schedule a call? Give us a demo. Uh, and I was like, yeah, definitely. I mean, if I close this one sale, it would double the revenue of the company in one transaction. That's how big it was. It was a wow. huge, big company. Lots of websites. You recognize the name. And so the day finally came, Friday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, I was in a conference with my CEO, and I closed the door behind me, big, long conference table. In the middle of the table was the old school speakerphone, you know, the black one with three legs on it. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yep. looking phones. And I Anyone who's worked phone. in an office, that feels like so long ago. And totally. <laughs> and, uh, and I dialed the number. He picks it up. He's like, hey, Ari, how's it going? I said, good. And he's like, Ari, let us tell you who's in the line with us today. And I was like, oh, didn't realize there'd be someone else there. Next thing I hear is, my name's Chris. I'm CEO of the company. I was like, oh, this is great. My name's John. I'm head of global IT. Perfect. My name's Julia. I'm head of global marketing. Amazing. I mean, everybody on this call were all decision makers. Wow. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen now. You got, a lot, all, you got a lot of high paying salaries on one call, huh? Totally. It's like they're all there, you know? And I was a student selling out the books at home, CDs in my car, and with this, all the seminars, you know, you've probably been to as well. And sure, yeah. So um, I'm doing my thing. I introduce myself, explain what we do. We log in. I give them a live demo over the web of their websites. We, we collect ahead of time and show them all the live data. They're logging in. They're like, whoa, they're looking at all this information going, this is amazing. I hear all these noise on the phone call like, wow, this is great. They start asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do we install it? How's the tech work? And I had all the answers. You know, I was competent. I was answering the questions. There was so much chemistry on this phone call. It was like a love fest on the phone. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you had a good sales call, you know what that means, right? Yeah. 100%. It just feels so right, right? They got all the questions. I got the answers. There was so much chemistry on this phone call. It was just like, man, this is the dream come true. I have my boss in the corner ordering his, the phone, he, the car he wants about his new, the commission he's going to earn. It's like, <laughs> like, nice. He's like, give me a high five back. He's like, yeah, we got this. We got this, baby. And it was like, man, this hour goes by. They're loving it. The call comes to a close. And my guy says to me, Ari, this is great. We love it. Look, give us a call a couple of weeks. Follow up with us. And we'll move this thing forward. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. This is a dream come true. And I said my goodbyes. I took my arm, my hand, and I reached for the speakerphone on the button. On the phone, hit the off button. As I'm reaching for the off button, by complete accident, I hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were right next to each other. Okay. And a, a small click happened and they thought I hung up the phone. And, and you that's didn't. And that split second, a voice inside of me says, Ari, go to the dark side. Go find <laughs> the wall. Go where no one's ever gone before in the world of sales. And I pulled my thumb back for a couple of seconds. And they started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Oh, wow. Okay. Now, this is not a trick question, but what would you imagine they would have said after a call like that? What would you expect them to say after a call like that? Well, I expected them probably to say all of, I mean, you would think they would be talking about all of the good things that you just walk them through, but also maybe talking about any, you know, if anyone has any kind of hesitations on the call, I feel like that's usually when somebody's like, oh, he was great, but so it could be both. I don't know. Well, let me share with you what I said verbatim, word for word. It's why we're all here today. Yeah, right. What I said it was this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information oh. and make sure we shop 
someplace else cheaper. Wow. Art twist. I was in a state of shock. And you're sitting there with your boss too, right? Yeah. I was like, what the? And I snapped out of it. I hit the off button and I looked at the wall and I said to myself, what did I do wrong? I was competent. I was professional. I was enthusiastic. I did everything by the book. I did everything I was taught to do in sales. Optimistic, overcoming objections, trial closing, building rapport, not being aggressive. Everything I was taught to do with the word selling. And the first big epiphany hit me. And that was this. And you can tell me if you agree with me this or not. That somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell. Right? It's yeah, okay I mean, you, do, you it's see okay. that a lot, right? Yeah. It's yeah. okay to say things like, sounds good. Send me information. Oh, we're definitely interested. Oh, wait. Send us a what? A proposal without any intention of what? Actually closing the sale, huh? Yeah, no, that's probably true. And then I asked myself, why were they afraid to tell me the truth? I'd be okay with that. And what I realized was this. There is an invisible river of pressure that flows underneath every sales call you have with someone in your process. And if you don't recognize that pressure, remove it from the process. They'll, al- they'll always feel comfortable holding their guard up and not telling the truth. Because that pressure in itself is what holds them back from being authentic with you. And what I realized was this. If I can help people shift their mindset away from the goal of the sale and focus on building deep trust with people, where you create this moment of vulnerability with them, they feel comfortable opening up to you, that you can get to the truth. And ironically, that doubles your sales process and, and, and results. And that became a whole unlock the game premise 20 years ago, which is now, of course, taken off after all these years of how to build trust with people without chasing the sale. Love that. Love that. I, it's funny, you know, not knowing you before this and not knowing your process with my time working at RX bar, which, you know, on the, on the packaging, we have no BS. So it's a protein bar that, you know, I don't know if you know what that is, but um, that was like the first place I'd ever worked where like, they kind of instilled the exact same thing. Like with all of our buyers, with everyone we worked with in retail to the end consumer, like the whole goal is to be transparent, to be honest. And like, it does that. It kind of does the same thing. It builds a, a sense of authenticity and a sense of trust that I hadn't seen in other companies before. And it did. It unlocked a lot of conversations that I think otherwise probably wouldn't have happened, um, which was really interesting. So I definitely have a lot of like, you know, I've had similar experiences to the one you just walked just walk through and seen the other side of that. That's really interesting. So for you then, that makes total sense on like your strategy and, and like what you're trying to achieve with your proprietary process. Um I would love to go back even further to the beginning, like, you know, going from that moment that you just walked all this through to where you are today is what I always call the zero to one. Like, I mean, probably more like zero to 10. You've, you've really taken that to a whole new, to new thing 20 years later. What was like the, when was the moment where you it hit you that this process, this way of selling was what you wanted to like dial down into and like, how did you go from figuring that out to actually starting a business around that, if that makes sense? Like, I think that's a big jump for people. It is. It is. And it was a scary jump. But after that call, I quit my job. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. How long, how long after? About a week afterwards. I said to myself, this cannot be happening all over the world right now. Not just to me. This has to be happening to everybody. I've got to do something about this it's just this is horrible i felt so 
dehumanized and so rejected. I said to myself, I got to do something about this. And I literally quit my job and launched my business back then and literally rented a, a basement room at a shopping mall in San Diego oh, wow. and put an ad up in the paper. It said one hour seminar, trust-based selling, how to not chase the sale and make the sale instead. And that's my, was my entire ad. And I put a time and date and the room number and like one person showed up. And I was like, oh my God, I, I guess I better do some, I better do a workshop. So I literally started doing this workshop with one person in the room. <laughs> and then I ran the ad again, and a couple of people came. And then I finally got one client who was willing to hire me to do a talk to his sales, sales team at the time. And then I started doing more one-on-one tr- consulting like that. And then the internet kind of got really popular. And I had, had created my first ebook. It was 20 pages long, which is how to build trust with people in the sales process. And it was $20. I figured, okay, a dollar a page is fair. And I had the website and I started selling an ebook. And then I decided to, and I realized, look at my stats. I realized I had a whole lot of people come to my site who weren't buying my, my ebook. And I said to myself, what could I do to connect with these visitors on my website and help them understand what I do? So I added a chat box back then. It said, talk with Ari now. Oh, wow. And it was me. Went to you directly, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like outsourced. It was like Ari. It was like me. I was on my own. I was like, I've got a store here. People were coming to my store. They're going out the exit door. And never talking to to people in my store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so I had this little box created. It said, talk with Ari now. People started clicking that button. And they they started talking. And they go, is this really Ari Galvin, the guy who wrote the book? And I'm like, yeah, it's really me. And they say, well, <laughs> they say, well, how do you have time to be talking to like to people like me on your website right now? And I said to them, what else should I be doing but talking to people like you who are open to this concept? And best thing I know, they buy the ebook. That's like, it was like, kept buying and buying. I'm like, oh my god, this is awesome. The human touch, talking to a human being around the problem created this instant success. People started buying this all over the place, and then that took off from there. And that's where. I launched my consulting business and then I went to, you know, all different models from membership to corporate consulting. And it's, it's really blown out into a huge global movement now since then. That's awesome. So, and when you, it's funny cause you know, having the bad experience that you gave in that example, did you quitting a week later and then kind of starting this off and trying to make it work, obviously scrappy entrepreneurial, all those things, you check the box on that one. Did you feel like at that point you knew this other side, this trust-based selling, how did you go from like having the bad experience to then creating your own thing in like a week? Or, or was it something you kind of like kind of uncovered over that week? Or well, like, the, the, IP, the, the IP evolved over time, but I knew right away that if I just taught people to stop doing what I did mm-hmm. and know about the uh, red flags in advance of the sales process, that would be enough to show people they can make a change. And I started learning as I started coaching and working with sales teams and entrepreneurs one-on-one, that they were almost sleepwalking the sales process on constantly doing behaviors they weren't even aware of. They were triggering the rejection. And I started learning about all these different ways of doing things that they never thought before. And that's where I kind of built out the whole IP uh, body work around that, what we call trust-based languaging. Got it. Okay. And then for you at this point, um, did you, you know, I, it's always interesting to hear people's like zero to one and, and so curious of like, what else was going on in your life for people who are maybe making a connection to where they're at in their career. Um, 
did you have, you know, a mortgage yet? Did you have a lot of bills? Like what enabled you to be able to like quit your job and take a big risk on doing this for yourself? Yeah. So basically at the time I just met my wife and getting married and the internet was really taking off. And so I was doing my own Google AdWords at the time. And oh, I nice. How to get traffic myself, get the keywords in there and the ads conversion to a landing page. I sort of understood what funnels look like. And I understood if I can make traffic work and the conversion work, I don't have to worry about money. I can generate income whenever I want to generate income. That gave me the confidence to start getting deep in the online marketing world. Where I found some mentors and I learned how to build funnels and I learned how to really niche into my area and own my spot and become what I call a trusted authority. And a trusted authority is when you own a category, when you own your own space. Then once I, I own my own space and package myself that way, then I build out what I call trust assets behind me. Trust assets are what established me as the authority in the space. Like, for instance, what you have in your hand there, those yeah. are what I call trust assets. Those there you are go. Everyone watching the YouTube, have it right here. Yeah, those are some of my books there that I developed along with other pieces in that box you got as well. We call that box you got our trust box. Loved it. Yeah, I was going to say, I went through all of it. I'm dying. I'm very excited to read the Unlock the Sales Game one. This is my, the sure. one I'm most excited about. So I realized that if I can build trust with people prior to them speaking with me using these trust assets, that would basically shift the conversation away from me and shift it only on them, like a doctor-patient relationship, as opposed to we don't have these assets like this in advance. What happens is you show up on a call with somebody and it becomes very social. Oh, hey, how's it going? So what do you do? Well, sure. what do you do? Oh, really? And it becomes very social and it becomes very difficult to diagnose the guy, the person's problem when they're trying to be social with you. Hmm. And I realized okay. that I, can, I can shift the model. And I'm working on a new book right now coming out next year called The One Call Sale. Which Interesting. Is how, to, how to compress a sales cycle from multiple steps into one single conversation where you can be a doctor and diagnose their problem and not attempt to build a friendship with them at all, but have bedside manner and empathy and really understand what their issue is. And that's enough to build trust with them. You don't have to become their friend first. We're taught in sales to build relationships first, get to know them, have them like you first. Once they get to know you, well, then maybe they like you enough they might buy from you. Well, the truth is that one, they don't want to become your friend. Two, they don't, really want to go through all those hoops all they want is their problem solved and i realized if you can position yourself in that way with someone in the sales process you'll get the sale on one call hmm. okay so you're kind of combining the uh the ability to connect with someone which normally takes some time where like you kind of walk through some people are sleepwalking and they're never even doing that they're just kind of failing at the sales process to then maybe over selling yourself in the relationship Correct, because we're top of the sales gurus. We're supposed to build relationships in the hope that if they like and know you enough, they might one day say, hey, we're such good friends now. Can I buy this from you? That's fine if you're into long sales cycles. Hmm. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. So yeah, I was gonna say, is there, is there anything bad to not creating the, uh, I guess the dialogue or the, the getting to know side of things? Is that, is there any downside to that for people listening who don't know a ton about sales? Well, say it again. 
So like you're saying that you're able, you, you've created this, you know, this, in this new book, you kind of go into like, how do you condense all of it into one and, and maybe not waste the time of like the yes. dialogue and becoming friends. Is there any downside to that though? Is there any downside? Like if it's a longer sales cycle to well, you know, not yeah, make the connection. The challenge is what I discovered is this, that relationship building and trust building are mutually exclusive. Meaning you don't have to have a relationship with someone to build trust with them. So if you remove the variable of relationship building out of the sales process, and all you have left is you diagnosing their problem and building trust with them and the way we teach that, that will compress the sales cycle quickly and they'll feel comfortable trusting you because they really don't care about how you solve their problem. What they care about the most is, are you the one to solve it or not? They're asking themselves the entire time, do I trust him? Do I trust him? It's like when you go see a doctor, what's the first thing they say to you? They say to you, where does it hurt? They don't say to you, hey, how's it going? So how's, how's, what, how's the sports game? They don't try and build a relationship with you because they know if they do that, that compromises their authority. They won't, have, they won't get you to comply with their prescription because you won't listen to them intently because if you become their friend, they'll ask you for a couple of favors, so you do this, and now it becomes very wishy-washy. Now you're mixing, you're mixing social norms and business norms together. So I, I've taken the model of the medical industry and poured it over into the sales process using deep trust to help people connect deeply around the other person's problem until the point where they say to you, how can you help me? Hmm, and very that's interesting. You have the connection. Gotcha. Okay. Very, I mean, very interesting that maybe it's, it, this is a learning opportunity for me. Cause I don't know if you can already tell I'm definitely more of a like talk and like understand like, you know, where are you from? What's Australia? Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like literally the opposite of what you're saying here, which is hilarious, but look, in this environment, it, it makes sense. But yeah. when you're talking to a potential client or customer sure. and you're light and thick like that. Doesn't necessarily work. And it's funny because I'm learning here too. I'm not a, I'm not a sales guy per se. I'm a, you know, finance guy by trade. So don't get to, to do a lot of stuff. Very interesting though. I can see the connection between, yeah, the medical field and selling how there could be a lot of, like you're trying to push what you believe is going to help them the most onto them. Very interesting. Is there, and right. is there, is there a fine balance there for people? Like, cause we're kind of diving right into that. Is there, is there a balance of coming on too strong? Yeah. See, the thing is we, we've been taught that our job is to deliver value. Our job is to educate. Our job is to show them that we can do the job, prove to them that we're, we're competent. We think our job is to deliver this picture of us can, to sell them on our that we, we're, we're the choice for them. But the reality is that your job is not to deliver value pre-sale. Your job is to deliver clarity on their own problem to them in a way even they themselves don't understand. Your job is to peel the onion back around their issue, amplify it, help them understand the impact of it and the ROI of it, and then ask this definitive question, which is this. Is this a priority for you to solve once and for all? Or is it something you have to live with for the long term and I'm okay either way? Hmm. Very interesting. So, I mean, I, I think I get what you're, what you're 
putting down. I think I get it. For someone listening who maybe, you know, isn't in sales or isn't at the front line, but wants to wants to jump in or wants to start their own endeavor. Could you maybe give us like a good example? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm drinking a LaCroix. If you're yeah. if you're someone who sells LaCroix and you're you're here at a, you're trying to sell to a, a retail buyer, like what's can you maybe like walk us through like what a good example of that? Let, would let me like? give you let me give, let me give you a classic example. That everyone can relate to. OK, okay? love it. Uh, starting your own business or been around for a long time. So let's say on our call with somebody, uh, a lead or a good opportunity. It's a first sales call, first conversation with them on the phone. Uh, and they're qualified, good chemistry, good opportunity, could be a good fit for you. The call kind of comes to a close naturally. What do people normally say at the end of the call like that in sales? What are we trained to do? We're supposed to say what? Things like, how about we what? How about we? Like a next step or like a next. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. We're conditioned. To move things where? Forward. Forward. Yeah, yeah. But what happens if you attempt to move somebody forward and they aren't ready yet? What do you break? Awkward, like, oh, we got to go back and run the numbers. We got to talk to. Trust with them at the beginning of your sales cycle. So same scenario, our mindset, our approach. Call is going well, good chemistry. Call kind of comes to a close. Right, and saying, hey, how about we get together? What we say instead is this. We say, where do you think we should go from here? Hmm, okay. And I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here? Now, how, so do, how, does that, how does that change the chemistry of the moment? It kind of, yeah, it takes the pressure off of the person you're talking to for sure. Like it does, it's very disempowering. It gives the power kind of to them to kind of steer. Exactly. It shifts to them. And when, when they hear that from you, they're usually in a state of shock. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially can't, if they're used to getting sold, right? They can't believe somebody would ask them what they want to do. They're so used to people taking them down a sales process towards the end goal, and they know it a mile away. The minute you, you, you exude any behavior that says sales, it's over. Now you're in the game chasing what I call ghosts. People give you breadcrumbs, just enough for you to chew on to, in, the hope you, in the hope you might get a sale. And when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? They just say things like this. They say things like, I've got one more question. What, what about this? You know what comes out? The truth. The truth comes out at the beginning of the process and not the end. See, we're so conditioned to go for the sale at the end. We push towards the end. It turns out it was lost at the beginning. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. From your perspective, it's so interesting to hear this too, because I... I... Again, not not being a salesperson by trade, but I've learned a lot about sales. I feel like just inevitably by doing this podcast for so long now. Um, why do you think there is this? I don't even know what you'd call it. Why is there this this salesy process that does feel kind of BSy and like just not truthful? Like I guess from a finance guy where everything's black and white and it's numbers. Um, as I've learned more and more about sales, I've always wondered like, why can't people, why would people not just want to be more like blunt? Like, what's the point of wasting more time? Like if you're like in the middle of a sales call and you're 10 minutes in and you're like, we're not going to buy this. Like what's, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm a little more blunt than most people, but I'm like, I, what, 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 I wonder what, the, what, where that started. And it's just like people being nice to each other. 
I don't know. I almost feel like it's nicer to just be open and honest and transparent. I think deep down inside, all of us want to be open and transparent. The problem is we've been so conditioned over the years of what we believe selling is from the old influences that we think it's about persuasion, convincing Mm -hmm. somebody, chasing, and presenting. Those are the exact behaviors you should never be doing. Yeah, It's totally contrarian. I know I'm dropping a bomb here. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm telling you, you got to stop selling and start learning how to build trust with people first. Because in this day and age, people know it. Hello, that you're in the game and it's over. Sure. They won't yeah, tell you this, yeah. by the way. They won't tell you this. They'll just kind of play along with you and let you chase them for a while. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. It's funny. It, it's just, it just feels like uh, sometimes the simplest way forward would be the best way forward. And it's like, because to your point, I mean, it seems like if you're not, being open, transparent, honest in a selling process. Are you maybe you're even selling something that they don't need? And then what's that's not gonna last? You well, know I mean? you know, I, you know, the thing is, I'm not suggesting people in this call uh, don't have integrity or are honest themselves and they or their product's not a good product. That's not the issue here. The issue is how good are they at building trust with other people? That's where mm-hmm. we all fall down right there. We have never been taught how to engage using certain languaging mindset approaches to build trust and hello. I'll give you an example for fun. If someone calls your office tomorrow morning and you pick up the phone and you hear, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? I want to hang up. <laughs> Again, I'm blunt. That's, that's it's over and hello, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 I'll, and I'll, I'll make the case that most of your listeners of you, if you're in business right now, are losing your opportunities, not at the end of your process, you're losing a hello. Because you're starting the whole process in the game. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. It's a good example. Because how many, I mean, how many times have you gotten that phone call and you're just like, how quick can I get this person off the phone? And that's also on LinkedIn too. You know, LinkedIn email? What are you getting there oh, now? Hey, yeah. I've got an offer for you. Hey, you want a free consultation? Hey, they're taking the old way into new mediums. No one's changing at all. So this is funny because you're, I mean, you're an expert in this. What does it, it must work for some people, because I always wonder that, like being on the other end of that, I think, uh, you know, my background is mainly in finance and e-commerce. So I've done e-commerce at our bar for the last four years. So like I've gotten so many things on LinkedIn that people, software and all sorts of different providers for e-commerce. It, it must work to a degree for some of them. Otherwise I'm like, are they just copying pasting this for a week straight and they're hoping they get one response? I, yeah, I just don't get it. Look, they're playing the numbers game. Yeah. Yeah. And the numbers cam comes from a whole 80s approach of making as many calls as possible. And hopefully a few will pop out the other end of this thing. And we discovered in this economy now, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation. And that's a skill set most people don't even have. All they're doing is taking the old approach into a new medium. They're not innovating. Yeah. They're not innovating at all. They're just dumping all these. They're cold calling into LinkedIn exactly and yeah, here we are yeah. square one all over again very interesting okay so it really yeah so really the takeaway here for me so far it doesn't really matter what it is whether you're in consulting or whether you're selling a LaCroix if you're whatever you're doing <laughs> there, this this can apply to any sales process whatsoever absolutely even more appropriate to those who are in a low volume high price point high trust model in that quadrant where you have a large transaction size, 
you're an advisor, you're a consultant, you have a high price point, even more appropriate there because that's the piece where people fail because they use the old way of selling in that quadrant and it's like two shits a night. They don't match together anymore. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes tons of sense. And for people listening to this, like I said, most of the people on here have sold, you know, a physical good. Um, people interested in consulting that would love to learn more. What would you say? You've been in this industry for a long time. What are some of the pros, the benefits of, of being in consulting? Well, obviously, it's about positioning yourself as the authority in, in the problem that you solve. And the advantage of that is if you could do it the right way, you can be in a position to really command high fees to if you pick the ideal client whose problem you can help them solve. And that's the whole matching up of who is your ideal client, what problems they solve, and how do you match your positioning to the problems that you help them solve? And then if you can get that lined up correctly, and you can approach them in a trust-based manner like I'm teaching today, you have an instant consulting business with people. And you can decommoditize yourself away from everyone else who's selling coaching consulting as well. Mm, that's what that's I teach okay. people how to do. I actually work with the consultants now on how to become a trust authority like I have become. The consultant for consultants. I like that too. That's Correct. cool, Ari. That's awesome. Um, so- Okay. Got it. And it seems interesting too, because like if someone wants to get into consulting, I mean, it seems like in my eyes, step number one would be like, you need to become an expert in whatever it is. Right. And is that kind of like the first step in, in kind of going down that path that's of interest? Yeah. I think you have to acknowledge what your skill sets are and your background and make sure it matches to the market you're going after for sure. And I think most people who, 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 who start to go in this direction know they can help their audience with a problem they can solve. The challenge, what they can't do is they're so close to their own self. They don't know how to separate their packaging of what goes pre-sale and what goes post-sale. What they do is they equally weight everything is important. And they just kind of present themselves and say, hey, here's what I do. Here's my resume. I can help you. Right. That's as far as they go. And, they, and then what they don't realize is that we're now living in a commoditized world. Others do what you do as well. Mm -hmm. How do you innovate and be different? You got to find that angle. Got it. And any advice for finding that angle? Is, is there anything key that stands out from your experience? Yeah, you've got to niche down. You got to niche down to a specific ideal client or industry or sector or unique problem that you believe you're most suited to solve. And got you it. have to identify what that problem is and make sure that all your marketing speaks only to that problem. And you should not, not be selling your brand or your company or your services at all pre-sale only sell the problem. The problem becomes the, the, the bait on the fishing hook. We throw the problem out to the pond and those who have that problem resonate and come towards you, which is so contrarian to how we're taught to sell, which is pushing your brand and your logo out and your message out about you know, what your benefits are. So our whole approach is opposite. We don't market the business. We market the problems. We love that. Oh yeah. That makes a ton of sense. You're kind of reverse engineering it. Correct. Love it. Love it. Um, so, I mean, you, like you said at the beginning, you've been doing this for a long time and you've probably seen all kinds of good, bad, and the ugly. What, what <laughs> would be, because this is my first time really like talking to another, uh, you know, talking to someone in the consulting world like this, what has been like, and there might be a lot, but what is, what would be like one major surprise that you've seen or learned along the way that you could like share with everybody who's interested? Well, I'll tell you, it's not been an easy road for me. I've had to do twists and turns, trying different models to get it right. You know, like there's the membership model, 
there's one-on-one coaching, there's corporate consulting, there's training to big groups of people. I tried them all and there's different rhythm for different kinds of people, but ultimately what landed well for me was one-on-one uh, consulting with entrepreneurs and advisors directly. Uh, and also the I, other thing we have is a membership program that we have for people who want an entry point in and just learn our materials and that feeds our consulting business. But once you understand the flywheel, you know, Jim Collins flywheel and how it all connects together, and you uh-huh. have your own model, then it can scale and it can get stable and create lots of profits. But you have to connect the dots together in the beginning and not begin like I did. I, it took okay. me years to figure it out. But if you have someone to help you now to pass together your flywheel from the beginning and you execute that, you are like 20 years ahead of the game. Wow. Okay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's interesting too. Cause I mean, you've, you seem like you've done a great job of you do some one-on-one, you figured out a way to turn the knowledge that you've developed and created and prospered into a book, an ebook. Like you have lots of things that all kind of feed off the same general consensus. That seems like obviously the show is about finance. You've created lots of streams of income for yourself that all kind of feed. it's, it's, It's an ecosystem that if you draw it a circle, you'll see every spoke in the wheel going to the hub there. I, I also have a show as well called Stump the Guru. Love it. Yes. On yeah. link, LinkedIn once a month, people can jump on live and try and stump me with the toughest sales challenges live. Oh, very cool. Audience. Yeah, yeah. And that's on. you can catch me on LinkedIn with that. Just connect with me and I'll drop you a note to that. Okay. But um, all of these elements are designed and engineered to flow people to a certain process. Those who resonate with, of course, into the model. And once you understand your own flywheel like that in advance, then you know what the plug up see if you don't have that clear a roadmap like that what happens you're jumping on whatever comes your way oh i need a website i need social media oh i need linkedin oh i need that and then you start jumping and spending money on stuff that are all doesn't connect into a system right yeah and you could definitely go down that rabbit hole forever right yeah that could just continue so for you too i mean this is interesting because i think selling a service like this selling uh, a methodology did it like once you started getting traction and you 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 realized that there could be a business out of this? Did at that point did something change for you forever? Like, could you ever go back to working for like a big corporation, for example, and, and selling something else? I can't because I realized that over time I have the ability to make decisions better than other people in my space. Meaning I know my material so well and I know my customers so well that because I've been working with them for 20 years that that intimacy of what I know is unreplicatable. Like others don't know that. So I realized that's, 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 that's power, that's control. That's the ability to execute and know how to grow, how to expand, what products to offer. And I wouldn't give that, give that up for anything. Got it. No, I love that. I love that. And it just seems like you have a a sense of uh, autonomy that I think, you know, that's a lot it. of people, yeah. You, you, that's the word that I operate off autonomy and, and absolutely right. That's, that's like my life mantra is someday I want autonomy. That's if I look back, like I just wanted to have autonomy over my autonomy time. Autonomy and freedom. I, absolutely. And no, and no boot on your neck. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I think that that's, you know, it's a great goal. If you can, if you can accomplish that, that's awesome. Totally. Um, no, Ari, this is awesome. Can you tell everybody, and we'll, we'll keep going with a few more questions, but I would love to know sure. now that we just talked about the books and the philosophy, where can people find this and where can people get involved? Yeah, best place to go is go to unlockthegame.com. Just like it sounds, unlock okay. the game. All my books are there. There's a free intro course there. You can reach out to us for a complimentary consultation and, and just experience what it's like 
to have a call with us and not be sold anything. Yeah, I was going to say, that'd be wild, right? Just enjoy the, <laughs> just enjoy the experience of like, wow, they're not trying to sell me anything, but they're actually trying to they actually care about me. What a concept. What <laughs> like, a just concept, try that. right? Flipping and it on its head. Yeah, and, or come to LinkedIn. I'm accessible there. Introduce yourself to me. Connect with me. Drop me a note. We met. We, we, you heard me here. And we'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll put you in the right place to go. Perfect. And I will, I'll obviously add the links to all this stuff in the show notes too. Um, So Ari, as we kind of get towards the end of the episode, there's a few things I love to ask every single guest. Um, The first one. So obviously you're an entrepreneur. You have lots of different ways of making money, of, of working through your business. You're a busy guy. And obviously even this is a good example. You're, you're doing this podcast bright and early on your time in Australia. So you have a lot on your plate, a lot going on. Um, Love to ask, what do you use to plan, you know, annual goals, business goals, and then handle day-to-day tasks? And ultimately, like, how do you get shit done? Whether is it an app, are you a pen and paper kind of guy? What do you use to succeed? Great question. So I, I read a book, uh, my mentor as well, uh, by Perry Marshall called 80-20 Sales and Marketing. And that taught me how to use a prism of 80-20 thinking on my day and my time. Hmm. And every day I say to myself, is the task in front of me the 20% I should be doing that impacts the 80% of the, of the, or the results? And if it doesn't, it's off my plate. In fact, now, as he says, the world's 95.5. Oh, wow. Not 80, anymore. Because it's now gone to extremes. So now I, it's like Jeff Bezos, in his book, he says, he goes to work every day and he makes three decisions and he goes home. So wow. the question yeah. is, what are, how, how do you get to the core decisions to make that make the biggest impact to your business? And that's how I view the world and how I view my day every day. And, and to do that, do you have any tools or anything you use? Well, not really. Well, I mean, not tools in terms of devices to use to get there, but my mindset is I'm attempting to eliminate as much as possible off my plate. Oh, I like that. So you're, that's kind of the opposite of a lot of people. Instead of like, I'm not okay, adding I, things. So you're having a laundry to... list of 20 things. To yeah, do to to right. All day. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to delete, eliminate, remove. Like I'm scanning my credit cards going, what is that dollar charge there for? Eliminate it. Now we make more than a dollar, but it doesn't matter. Elimination creates simplicity. Oh. I like that a lot. All that's left at the end is the core of what you need. I know it's totally contrary. We're adding more stuff and more teams and more processes and more software. I'm like, no, eliminate, eliminate, eliminate. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. I love that. That's great. That's really cool. Cause no, it's, it's true. Like, I mean, I, for a long time was in the app thing. And then I'm like, you just create lists and lists and lists and you spend all day figuring out what to do next. And I use something now called a full focus planner, which is actually kind of similar to that. You basically just at the beginning of the day, you pick three, what are your big three things today? Yeah. And if you hit those three, you have a, it's a productive day. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, that's awesome. I like that eliminating. Um, the next question is this one is, it can be an easy one, but what uh, source of knowledge, whether that's a book, which obviously you have your own book. So that would be a great one to plug um, or podcast, anything source of knowledge that you think the audience would, would enjoy. Well, what you did, what, what's not in the box that you, you haven't shown yet is a book I wrote about my son, Toby. Yes. Um, called Lessons from Toby. And when he was born, uh, we were told about a day after he was born that he had Down syndrome. And at first, we didn't realize we, we, we let them into our lives. 
When we realize we had a gift on our hands. If you know someone who has Down syndrome, you know they're beautiful people. They're transparent. They're loving. They have no hidden agenda. They're just so pure in their soul. And I wrote a book about him called Lessons from Toby. I learned from him about being his dad. And I've taken that concept and that changed my whole life of how, who we should aspire to become. And I tell my clients, our goal is to be like Toby, transparent, authentic, no games. And that philosophy applies to everything that we teach people how to become. So he's my inspiration. Uh, that's oh, really I love that. That is really cool. I will, I will add that to the show notes. Can people buy that book on online? I know you get used on, to on it. So Unlockthegame.com on our homepage. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I will, I will add a link to that. Very cool. That's an awesome one. Um, and you kind of already shared this, but for everyone listening who wants to learn more about what you sell and not sell, but just like your process and everything, your books, your, uh, your one-on-one coaching and people who want to follow you, whether it's on LinkedIn, Instagram, what are some of the best places to get involved and contact you? Number one is LinkedIn. Connect with me there. Say hello. Tell me you heard me here. Uh, my show is there as well. Stump the Guru. And then um, just go to unlockthegame.com. There's plenty of places there to engage, to learn, to reach out, speak with me or, or us. And don't be afraid to engage with us and because you'll see the way we communicate you is not what you're probably used to. Love it. Love it. Ari, thank you so much. This was a great episode. I really appreciate it. This was a thank lot of fun so and it was a really pleasure meeting you. And Tons of great, great pieces of content in here for everyone to take away today. Great. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Ari. 